Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren. I was going to do an interview for this podcast episode and um, I had it all lined up and I arranged with the person to send the questions ahead of time so she could see what I was, what we were going to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, she had a look through the questions and she again get back to me, got back to me and she said, oh look, I'm sorry, I don't think I can do this. And so... I'm not going to be doing the interview, and what I've learned is, I've got to I've got to tone down on the kinds of questions that I would ask in that situation. So the next time that I find somebody that has a story to tell, I will definitely learn from that and not ask such crazy questions. But anyway, I've got something else for you this week. I'm going to talk about something I call the percentage principle. And we are definitely talking about how not to be a doormat in this situation, in this episode, because, well, about improving your relationship, having an awesome relationship without feeling like a doormat, because this is one way that really helps to feel like you have a level of control over, even over things that traditionally or that you really don't have control over, but that you, that gives you a feeling of some level of control, and that reduces that feeling of being like a doormat. So here's the question, for those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights reel on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. Actually, today has been quite a day of celebration for us in the McLaren household. We have a few things to celebrate all on the same day. So one of them is that my website for this magazine I've been working on for about four months is finally live. Yay! I've had so much trouble with this website and I had lots of different experts look at it and not be able to figure it out. And so for four months, I've not been able to upload images on my website. It's a magazine website. I couldn't upload images. But today... We finally launched the new um, improved website and I can upload images. I'm so excited. If you want to check it out, it's at myweddingmag.co.nz. I'm very, very excited. And the second one is my daughter received her first report card. She's just had her first term at school and she just had a, a report card and it was a good report and so we wanted to celebrate that. So we went out to a cafe and had a little little slice and um, and celebrated that. Another thing that happened is we Josh had an interview this week and um, it, re- it went really, really well and we're excited that hopefully that's going to work out so we wanted to celebrate that as well. And this is an interview for a construction project manager job which is really cool. It's exactly the kind of thing that he was going for and so that's really exciting. And then the last thing is that last night I sent off the October issue of the magazine to production to get done. So that's um, the October issue completed and that feels so good to get done. Every month when I get that done, it's such a relief. And so quite a few things to celebrate and pretty much all on the same day. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking how these are all kind of different aspects of a crazy life that we're celebrating. (laughs) Like... So the website going live, that's been a long-lived challenge that's finally over. Like, okay, it's not that long, it's only four months, but to me it just feels like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't 
show people the website. I couldn't I didn't want to send people to the website, do anything to promote the magazine until that was fixed because it just was so bad. I couldn't upload anything. And so the and as a result the the old website was just text and, and it was really um, not good. And so it was a long lived challenge and it's finally over. Right. So that's we've been living with this challenge or I've been living with this challenge for a while. And then the one about the the school report, well, that's that's kind of like, you know, brand new changes. It's kind of like new opportunities, the start of something new, the start of this new kind of, I guess, um, era of our kids going to school because that's our oldest child and she's now at school and going well and learning and we're seeing all these, you know, she's learning how to read and write a whole lot more now and it's awesome. And the same with potentially Josh when he starts his new job. It's all about brand new opportunities but but also there'll be changes that come with that and so definitely we've had to adjust with school life and being school a school family and the the drop-offs and the pickups and the uniforms and the books and all that kind of stuff and so there's there's this newness and this opportunity but there's also these changes and then so there's challenges and ongoing challenges and then there's these new changes and then the third thing which I think this you know, sending the magazine off to production represents is is like a pattern or a routine. And now I'm, I'm getting this process down, like this is the, so I did, uh, I've done July, August, September issues now, so this will be my fourth issue, and I'm really starting to get into a pattern and a routine and, and nutting out some real good processes uh, the that we're all we're all kind of learning and the and each issue is getting better and better as we as we learn more about how to how to put things together in the way that we want them. And so that's that's kind of celebrating, you know, establishing this new pattern and this new routine and settling into a routine that kind of was going to start to kind of take care of itself more and more. And so kind of three different things. There's kind of these long-term challenges, and, you know, and celebrating that they're over, but, you know, we've been going through that ongoing. And then there's, and then there's these changes and opportunities that we, can, that we can grow into, and then there's these patterns and routines that we can help like settle things in our lives and calm them down and it got me thinking about these different types of things going on in life and and how much can we handle that kind of percentage you think of a percentage of those kinds of things going on like how much can you handle of an ongoing challenge how much can you handle of new stuff and, and change and opportunity and how much can you handle of pattern and routine so and it totally is going to depend on your personalities and like your team dynamic and your marriage or your, or your relationship but you know we've gone through challenges so much in our in our marriage it kind of has become this this kind of it's quite a high percentage <laughs> it feels like sometimes I mean, like Josh has been a um, a pilot for a number of years, but he's also been really interested in renovations and, and building and stuff. And so we've often had most, it kind of feels like most of our marriage, we've been doing some kind of renovation. And so that's, that's Josh, you know, when he's home, he's fully immersed in that. And when he's away, he's obviously, he's away, he's flying and stuff. And so, you know, keeping our relationship strong, even though there's, there's all this other stuff we're busy doing, and you know, and I've been working on my own stuff as well, and got these hobbies as well to do with marriage and pre-marriage education and all that sort of stuff, and building businesses. And so, you know, like we've got all these challenges that are always there because when you're when you're pursuing all these things, they come with challenges, right? 
And then so, you know, along with that, with these challenges, they're kind of accompanying these brand new opportunities and, and they're accompanying changes. And so we've been through so many changes in our marriage and we've moved house like 14 or 15 times just with, you know, Josh got a job in Wellington, so we moved to Wellington and then in Wellington we moved a couple of times and then moved back to Auckland and then when we were in Auckland we moved a few times because we had... Josh's brother living with us and then not living with us and then living with us and we needed a bigger house and then a smaller house and it's just been going on and on. And so we've had a lot of that as well. And, you know, like it seems like a relatively big percentage. And then in terms of pattern and routine, it's kind of like I almost think if I almost think maybe we don't really like it because it hasn't been a high percentage <laughs> in our marriage, in our lives. And when it does get very routine and too much of a pattern and not much happening we kind of get a bit antsy and we start looking for that next opportunity or challenge but it's going to just depend on personality so that's why I was thinking like you know everybody's going to have a different level of comfort with the percentage they have of each of these things in their lives and if we're not happy with the percentage that we've got right now then there are definitely some some ways that I want to talk you through that can help you to change that percentage. And so whether you've got, you know, uh, way too many ongoing challenges than you're comfortable with, or you've got way too many changes that you then then you're comfortable with, or you've got way too many patterns or routines, or way too few, way too few challenges, way too few opportunities, or way too few patterns and routines, then there's definitely there's definitely a lot you can do about making that, that change. And it all kind of comes down to this this idea of an external versus an internal locus of control. So in psychology there's this concept of this locus of control and the idea is that if you have an internal locus of control or a high, it's like a scale, and at one end you've got a high internal locus of control. That means somebody really feels like they have control over most aspects of their life and their fate is determined by their own effort and um, action. And then at the other end of the scale there's an external locus of control and that's people that feel like they have no control over anything that happens in their lives and anything that does happen is just kind of fate or luck or somebody else's decision. And so when we have that a high external locus of control, then then obviously we feel like we don't have any control over what goes on in our lives. And so it can be it can be quite hard to live like that when you feel like you've got a lot of challenges or any of these things are going in your life at a percentage that you're not happy with, right? And so being able to make a change, you, you feel like you aren't unable to, to make that. And there are a number of reasons, I think, um, I won't go into it in, in any detail, but there's a lot of kind of theories of where people develop, you know, whether a more external or internal locus of control. But the but the kind of majority is that people develop that kind of in their early, you know, years of, of development and not so much genetic, but, you know, so not so much a part of your personality that's given to you, but but that's formed when you're when you're younger. And so people who've kind of, you know, never never felt like they've been heard in their family, like they've expressed themselves and it's just been ignored or or people that have grown up, you know, in, in um, really maybe ethnically kind of racist environments or, you know, um, situations where people have, have seen adults with a very high external locus of control and they kind of learn from that. So it is, you know, kind of 
a little bit outside of our control, how much influence from others during our formative years is, has, has given us that level of internal versus external likes of control. But there are things that you can do about it to kind of change that. So if you if you had a high external likes of control, you can bring that bit, bit down um, down the scale a little bit to have more of a, um, an internal likes of control. Or if you have that already... Um, that's great. There are still there are still some things um, that I can point out to help you kind of pinpoint how you can make these changes to your percentages if you're not happy, right? And this is definitely something that I, Josh and I have had to do a lot, and that's one reason why we talk a lot about problem solving, and I'll go further into it in a minute. But this pattern or routine or process when you're a pilot and a pilot's wife is really, really hard. And a lot a lot of people don't realise it, but you can't plan anything ahead. Like you can't you don't know any given day of the year whether Josh is going whether your your husband's gonna be away or home. So you and if you want to like plan, book a wedding, you know, if you're getting married and you want to book a wedding, you have to apply for leave in October. That's the only time you can apply. And um, and then hope that they'll grant you the leave, and you'll hear about it in maybe December, if you've got the leave or not. And if you don't get the leave, then you have to send an email around to all the other pilots and ask them to swap with you. And this has actually happened uh, when Josh applied for some leave to celebrate our wedding anniversary in July one year. It, it, well, the leave was for July, but he applied for it whenever it was in October. And then they, they did the whole kind of lottery thing and this other pilot missed out and he actually had a wedding in July. <laughs> he had planned a wedding for himself and his soon-to-be wife and there were three people that got this this slot in that week of July and, one, and Josh was one of them and he sent an email to Josh and these other two saying, hey, can any of you swap because you know, I'm getting married <laughs> that week and I didn't get the leave. This is how hard it is to plan ahead. Like you, Even if you ask for leave, you don't get it. And um, so you, it's very, very hard to have patterns and routines and not just for big events like that, but there's no way you can join a weekly soccer team. And as a, a wife with children, young children, there's no way I, you know, there's no way for the pilot to do that because he's potentially going to be away on different nights of the week. There's no way I can do that either because I've got to be home with the kids if he's away. So I can't join a soccer team or any, any sports team like that that goes on in the evening or anything where, you know, I'd have to leave the kids at home. So really, really hard. And so we have had to do a lot of work to kind of take control over this un, you know, inability to have a routine. And so one thing that I've, I've, I started doing was, okay, well, regardless of whether Josh is going to be here or not, I'm going to plan a um, kind of like a once a month potluck, you know, lunch. I'm just going to invite everybody. And, you know, Josh might be here and he might not, but we're just going to do this on the same day each month, the same weekend each month. And it was so freeing because I knew that, you know, I was going to have something on a regular basis. I didn't have to worry about waiting for his roster to come in. And then sometimes if his roster, you know, because his roster would come every four weeks, but if you wanted to do something in the first week of the new roster, you had to wait up until a week before to know whether you could do it or not. And it wasn't only you know, hard from that perspective of us planning, but it was it was even harder, it was even hard for people in our lives that wanted to include us in things, you know, like, and I only just discovered this, like, kind of a year ago, it worked out, because we would invite people, you know, friends around for dinner and stuff, and, 
and we wouldn't get invited back. Like, people wouldn't invite us for dinner. And we're like, what's wrong with us? You know, people don't like us. We're too, I don't know, maybe we talk too much or something. We're trying to work it out. We just couldn't. And um, and then last year, somebody said something to me. I can't remember what it was. And I, and I had this realisation, ah, oh, like, people don't want to get rejected. They don't want to invite us because they never know if Josh is going to be available. And we'll either say, oh, we have to wait for his roster to come out, or we'd say, um, you know, Josh isn't going to be home, so we can't. And um, and so people didn't invite us. And, you know, like that, you know, just quite lonely. It's, it can be quite lonely. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to explain how, you know, it definitely feels like there's an external locus of control in that, in that department when you are um, either a pilot or, or married to a pilot. But there were things that, that we were doing to try and overcome some of that. And so one is just, um, one is we would plan kind of holidays for low peak times, like we would before we had kids and before they were at school. We wouldn't apply for leave for Josh during school holiday times because we knew that it was kind of, I don't know, 50-50 or even, you know, I don't know what the chances were of of getting it, uh, but not very high. And so... Don't even bother applying for leave during that time. In fact, Josh never applied for the week off at Christmas the whole time he was he was employed as a pilot, except for um, last year. So he would have had to apply for it like the year before in October for last year Christmas and um, and New Year's time. And um, and he got, he got it because he'd never applied for it before. And you kind of get points for you know how many times you've had Christmas off or whatever. And so. Um, yeah, we, we didn't even bother. So there were things that we would do to try and ensure like more of a certainty about things. And and I'm just I'm kind of just trying to explain like if you want to have control over stuff that's outside of your control, there are, you know there's still pieces of it that you can get back. And so I've got a couple of key points. And the first thing is if you want to either try and get some more control over things that you really don't have control over, or you want to change your locus of control from maybe it's a little bit high of an external and you want to change it more down into an internal locus of control then then one key tip is just to find a way to make some decisions okay it doesn't matter how big or how small they are but make some decisions so that's focusing on what what you can control and making some decisions about it and if you find it hard to make a decision because you don't know which way to go then undertake some problem solving and I talked about some problem solving techniques in the last two episodes and they were on complex problems and there's also some kind of less intensive ways that you can solve problems when it's you know not a complex problem and and, you know you can google any problem solving um, you know resources on the internet and and find ways to problem solve but I guess it's a way of making a decision it's kind of like it's kind of teaching you to look at if I make this decision you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the best thing that can happen? You've kind of got these perimeters that you can work out and it helps you choose which which result you want. I might actually go into more detail on that one next week because that one's quite a cool one. We, we've we used that one um, quite a few times actually to, much, to help us make decisions that kind of what's the worst thing that can happen, what's the best thing that can happen. It's a really cool one. The second thing is to look at setbacks in challenges as growth. So an example of that is, you know, as Josh has been putting out applications for jobs, it's really hard to put yourself out there and have someone tell you you're not good enough, when, especially when you're a jet pilot and you're applying for a job that doesn't need as many skills as that and people are saying, you know, you're not the right person for the job. It can be quite hard. 
And I remember applying for jobs in the same thing. And in fact, when I lost my job at the start of COVID, I immediately started trying to find some other work at the time, but there was just nothing. And I talked to a recruiter and and I've, I'd been a business analyst and consultant for 14 years and I still felt like they thought I was, you know, the recruiter thought I wasn't really very good, you know, like kind of that feeling of rejection. And it's really, really hard to accept. And so one thing that we learned from this, this property course that we did once was that you treat each rejection as one step closer to acceptance. It's kind of like, yes, I got another rejection because that means that the next the next step is either an acceptance or it's one step closer to an acceptance. And so you kind of just kind of celebrate the rejections as, you know, tick them off the list. Is that, that's how many you have to get through to get your acceptance. And another thing that I do, it's like, say, like, let's say if I'm going for a run and I'm, you know, I'm, I've been running for a while and it's, you know, I'm quite tired and then this hill comes up. Then I, instead of going, ah, oh, there's this hill and it's, you know, it's getting me down and it's really hard and it's making this this run hard. I go, that hill is something to be conquered. I'm going to conquer that in the next minute or so and I'm going to get to the top of that and I'm going to go, you know, yes, hill, you, you, you suck. I won, you know, <laughs> I conquered the hill. And it's kind of like thinking of it as... Uh, as something that, yes, it looks like a challenge now, but in some period of time in the future, it's not going to be anymore. And it kind of reduces it reduces the power that it has over you because you know that at some point you're going to get over it and you're going to get past it. That's a really powerful one for me. I don't know if, um, you know, that might not work for some people, but that one I use quite a lot. And the third one that I would that I would really encourage to you know, develop more of an internal locus of control is to support each other in it. Like if you're both aware of 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 what can happen here of, of this of this idea of external and internal locus of control is that you can support each other in it and you can kind of remind each other like hey you know yes COVID's outside of our control and and there's not much we can do about having to you know stay at home while our kids are at home and try and apply for jobs and try and study to reskill uh, all while our kids are running around like crazy, you know, when we thought they were going to be at kindy and at school. Um, but, you know, there are some things we can put in place to kind of take back some of that time. Like, we'll, we'll tag team it, and one of us will look after both of them for a few hours, and then the other one, and we'll swap over. And, and you know, and coming up with some, some strategies together to kind of take some of that control back, even though we can't control the fact that they can't go to school at the time, or things like that. So I would encourage you, if you are trying to change that percentage of how much you can handle in your relationship because if you feel like you can't handle certain percentages of the challenge or of a change or of patterns and routines then it causes stress in your relationship doesn't it because if you feel like you can't handle it and you don't have control over it 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 creates that stress in you and that comes out on the people that you love the most and that's what we want to try and reduce because if we have that that stress and that and that um kind of the bad feelings coming out a lot then that that doesn't help our relationship obviously we want a good time to be happening in our relationship despite what's going on around us because the relationship is what's going to sustain us and keep us through and it's what brings us a lot of our satisfaction in life so if you are feeling like you need a change you need a, you can't handle the percentage that's happening at the moment then I do encourage you make some decisions focus on what you can control Treat setbacks and challenges as growth opportunities. Look at them in a different light. Look at them as a step closer to your achievement or your goal. And support each other 
and figuring out and, and doing some problem solving, figuring out what you do have control over and making some decisions in that area. So anyway, I hope that's helped. I know that this is an especially hard time for a lot of people. I know so many people are going through a lot of challenges right now. And so maybe there are a lot of things that are outside of our control, but there are some things within it that we can take control over and bring back a little bit of balance, a bit more of a balance to our lives in the way that we want it balanced. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a good week. Ka kite.